Hey there, and welcome to Yes, a Stripper Podcast. On this podcast, we'll discuss how classifying each other as people and workers is dangerous to society and marginalized groups of people. We'll also talk about the climate in and outside of the strip clubs and all of the amazing things that strippers do. And of course, we'll talk about all of the things in between. I'm your queen, A.M. Davies, and this is Yes, a Stripper Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper Podcast. I don't know if you noticed, but we were on a bit of a break for the holidays. It actually felt really nice to be on a bit of a break from almost everything. Um, Our first guest after the break is going to be a new guest, someone who I just met on an online strip show. Her name is Kinky Slippers. Kinky and I met on Andre Shakti's Sanctuary Virtual Strip Club show, and I was just so just in awe of her like I would just sit there like with my chin on both of my hands and just like you know rested on my hands and just watching her with my eyes wide open I just felt she was just so stunning and her stage presence was it just came through the screen basically um and you know when I mention the stage I mean um you know, her living room and her house, which is all of our stages currently. And we did talk about missing the stage and how our stage does feel like home in a way. We also talked about, you know, a little bit about where she's from. Kinky is from Maine. So I learned a little bit, some new stuff about lobsters. And we also learned about polyamory on this episode. And we talked a little bit about our credit scores (laughs) and like finances. So, you know, it was a really kind of eclectic conversation and it just flowed really well and covered a lot of different points. And I did want to point out something that I say in the beginning of this podcast when recording with Kinky, as I mentioned, like, oh, isn't it so great how we're all able to come together and um, during this time and we're able to meet new people and we're really able to like connect and come together during quarantine. And I just want to acknowledge that I feel a little inauthentic saying that without acknowledging that indeed during these last few months there have been some divisions and some differences of perspectives and some You know, for me personally, there's some few people out there that I used to talk to a lot that I'm not talking to at all right now, Um, just trying to give people their space. And and I've found that during this time of letting the dust settle and of all of us having to transition so drastically, so quickly, under so much pressure, that, um, you know, it's changed a lot of dynamics of relationships. And I've actually, not only have I... I have seen new connections and I have made new friendships, but I've also feel like some of my old friendships are waning a little bit and they're, they've weakened. And so I just wanted to acknowledge saying, Oh, like we're all coming together, but you know, in some ways we're not. And I don't want to sit here and pretend like everything is hunky dory all the time and we're all getting along. Um, we're not all the time. And just like anything in life, I suppose, it goes in and goes out, it goes up, it goes down. Um, But I just really wanted to acknowledge that in case anybody out there that I haven't talked to in a minute is listening. And I don't want you to listen to that sentence and, and feel like I'm just full of shit, basically. I think that's something I'm really committed to is making sure that, um, that my actions and my words match up 
And um, something that I'd like to commit to as well is making sure that I'm doing my best to um, continue keeping us connected and and repairing rifts out there. And um, and I'm hoping that in time, things will be able to work out. And so I just, it was just really important to me to acknowledge that. So thank you so much for listening to that. I know that that's not really the subject matter of this particular episode, but um, I just wanted to share that with you. So thank you. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. And I really, truly hope you enjoy this lovely interview and conversation with Kinky Slippers. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Yes, a Stripper podcast, my favorite thing in the world to do. We have a lovely guest with us today, Kinky Slippers. Hello. Hi. Thank Thanks you. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here would love to start off with you letting us all know what pronouns you prefer to go by. Um, my pronouns are her, she, like the chocolate bar is my favorite little, uh, Oh my gosh, that is <laughs> so cute. That. <laughs> That's the first time I've heard that. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, you know, we met recently doing a show together and that is how I came across you. And I was just, you're so stunning to watch perform. I was in complete awe of you. <laughs> You're making me blush so hard because I just like watching you perform and seeing your videos online is incredibly impressive. Oh, <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I love having like this just, you know, back and forth love with so many new performers lately. You know, the pandemic really helped us come together, I think. It is. It's really exciting to connect with people from around the world rather than just like our insular community totally um so what have you been up to since covid like what's going on in your world um a lot for sure definitely like um kind of threw me off um it's something where um burlesque i was trying to focus burlesque as being my and sex work in general as being my main source of income. Um, and it was like finally starting to get to a place of being able to do that, especially in Maine where it's like mm. still, <laughs> it's, it's difficult um, even in good times. Um, and then, you know, things kind of blew up with COVID, yeah. but it also provided this space where I can go online more and center more energy there. And other people are looking for more things to do online in their homes to have a safe space to do things. Yeah. Um, so that's been exciting in a way. Yeah. So you're in Maine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, what is that like? Um, it's really different. Um, at times I really love it because I do love the people in Maine. Like, um, the community of dancers is, is really supportive um, and welcoming and we build each other up. So that's really great. Um, but it, it's, it's oftentimes can be a bit of a struggle, you know, because it, it takes a while for things to really come up to Maine. Um, and you're always kind of pushing against a little bit of a, like, a conservative community, you know, especially yeah. in burlesque shows where people want things to be family friendly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I feel like I heard about a union or some sort of organization in Maine for strippers and sex workers. Am I totally off base? Um, you might not be, but I haven't heard any word of it. So if there is, there 
Okay, I'm going to look into it because I remember reading about it and thinking like, wow, how progressive for Maine. And I don't mean to sound like a total asshole, but when I think of Maine, it's like, it's just so far. Not only is it far away, I feel like the population is lower and like it's, it just seems like a different environment of, you know, there's not a huge city there. You know what I mean? So it seems, so I was actually really like, Oh, that's awesome. That, and and maybe that speaks to the community that you're talking about. It is funny because it is something that's, I think people don't know how much there is going on. Uh, it can be, it can definitely, uh, feel like there's not a lot going on, especially in the winter time where, uh, it gets freezing up here and there's really things start shutting down around around eight o'clock. Um, but we do have, especially in Portland, have a really, um, art-centric community that's like focused on trying to create these events and trying to create progressive spaces right so portland a lot more going on than people think yeah and and you're referencing portland maine yeah yeah, yeah. which it still tends to like we talk about greater portland maine because there's like a few different uh towns in the area that surround it that are part of like the community mm-hmm. um and there is a lot of um art focus around the state um so there's there's definitely places that are that can grow and we are getting a lot uh the city's getting bigger like there's a lot more oh that's tight uh, growth and everything yeah yeah so do you consider yourself a stripper and a burlesque performer or burlesque and not so much a stripper it's it's tough i definitely begin before quarantine thought of myself more as a burlesque performer like i i did uh, was more focused on stripping at one point in my life and then recently within the past few years was focused more on doing burlesque mm. um, and then quarantine happened and I've been doing a lot of like a lot of different shows and doing more strip shows as like probably more frequently strip shows than I do burlesque shows and doing more OnlyFans content so it's been this kind of question of like what is my job now <laughs> online persona yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> what is our job now yeah um, that's interesting. So, so I did notice that your OnlyFans, like you, it looks like you have like tiers and bundles and you have 300 posts on OnlyFans. I totally clicked <laughs> on your link tree. Um, that's a lot of posts on OnlyFans. Yeah. I guess I'm just impressed by that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yes. So I'm actually, I had, did have, I did actually have OnlyFans before quarantine, not to sound like such a hipster, like, oh, it was there before yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it's definitely been more of my focus um, now for sure. Yeah. And so, and, and my other question too is like, are there a lot of online burlesque shows like there are with the strip shows? Like, do you see a large number? Because there's like so many online strip club shows now. There are. And there are a lot of online burlesque shows. Um, it's been difficult because I, I, I'm trying to, most of the shows that I've been doing for burlesque have been shows that I've been producing. Mm. Um, so it's, it's something where like Maine, especially the Maine burlesque community isn't all that connected with any of the other communities. Like we're very connected with New Hampshire, which is also a really small community, but even as far as like Massachusetts, we don't really have a lot of, um, like networking there, I suppose. Right. So been, it's a little bit of a struggle to try to connect with these other um, burlesque performers out of state who are producing shows and try to get into those shows. It's been a little bit more difficult. Really? Um, yeah. 
at least as a Mainer, I think. I, I as, think that's oh, as a Mainer. I was like, what does that yeah. word mean? But you mean a person from Maine. Got it. Yeah, Got yeah, it. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I was like, oh, a new word. Um, no, I get it. I've never been to Maine. I want to talk to you about lobsters. Do you eat lobster in Maine? Absolutely, yes. You do? Okay. Here's the thing. I love lobster bisque, but I hate seeing lobsters in the water tank in the store. Okay. I just hate it. I want to free the lobsters so bad. How do y'all feel about the lobsters in the tank? Like, I can definitely see why it seems, like, pretty cool, especially, like, boiling them and, and cracking them open and dipping it in butter. Uh, but I'm just, like, I've grown up with it. So, right. like, we've, we've had it since I was little, so I just get so excited. And, okay. Uh, it, yeah, it is a little mess. I definitely, like, say hi to them when they're in the little tank. No! Do you do that just for fun? Just to... Just, just for fun. Oh, um, my they God. They kind of like it, but... They do like it? I mean, it sounds relaxing. Yeah. yeah just like a little meditative. Like yeah. Getting into posture and just like passing out. Yeah. That sounds relaxing. But I get it. I get it. It's a cultural thing. I just, you know, I'm like very like free the lobsters and I haven't had lobster bisque in a very long time and I don't know. Yeah, it's just hard. It's just hard. You know, I just really care about animals a lot. So, yeah. not to say that you don't. Too, they are getting overfished, so there is, like, um, you know, a lot of people aren't addressing that there is going to be an issue in the next few years with, like, a lobsterman not being able to s- sustain their business because of the population decreasing. So, the lobstermen are concerned about not sustaining <laughs> their business while they snuff <laughs> out all the lobsters? They are, yeah. I kind of have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's something too that it always it was. It's supposed to be like something that they used to feed prisoners, and you know, and so Whoa. like it, it was not rich people food to begin with because they're like the cockroaches of the sea. Huh. Um, so yeah, it was like torture to be to have to like eat lobster for like days on end. Well, yeah. Other substance. Well, yeah. I couldn't eat lobster every day. It's a little bit much, yeah. It loses its, like, excitement when you're just constantly eating lobster. I think anything would lose its excitement if you eat it day in and day out. Yeah. Thank you for going down a lobster tangent with me. I think that's... Yeah. So so I noticed that um, you do a thing called Kinky Talks Tuesday. Are you still doing that? Um, but I did really enjoy it. It was something I started closer to the beginning of quarantine just uh-huh. to like talk about random things. So there was like a couple times where I talk about something serious. Like I talked about polyamory once. Um, and then sometimes I just talk about like Disney princesses and Disney characters and whether or not they're like gay or not, which is fun. Oh, that's <laughs> fun and funny. Yeah. Um, so are you into polyamory? Is that okay to ask? I am. Yeah. Um, I it's love something it. that's not like fully out of the closet as like, oh. like as a person with my family but like as kinky oh. slippers I yeah so talking publicly on here is okay yeah it's totally fine fuck yeah because I think that's tight as fuck polyamory <laughs> and um one of my ideas was like I can't find the right man or the right person 
um, on these dating apps, I should get on like polyamory Facebook groups to find like the right person. I'm just like clueless of how to find somebody who's like open-minded and like trustworthy and safe. So like, how does somebody who wants to get into that, like, what do we do? pretty diff- like as far as like finding somebody today it's still super difficult okay being polyamorous as much as it is like being in a monogamous culture okay um but yeah i don't know that's it's it's a journey for sure okay like, i think a lot of the things that people um think are going to be a struggle are not always as much of a struggle as as they seem to be like jealousy like everybody deals with jealousy polyamorous people deal with jealousy monogamous people deal with jealousy and there's so many of these like uh, undefined boundaries within both both cultures. I just feel like with polyamory, there's a little bit more of a conversation of like, what does polyamory mean to you? What does dating more than one person mean to you? And you can have that conversation with yourself as well as with the people you're dating. Whereas like with monogamy, it's this like assumption that you're supposed to know whether or not your partner is okay with you talking to people of the opposite gender or whatever, or having friends that are that you think are attractive you know there's like less of that conversation in monogamy which it should be a conversation exactly (laughs) i know it should be an in-depth conversation i have this theory that um long-term couples should be checking in with each other once a year on their written agreements of how to be in a relationship because we're constantly changing and evolving and we're in these long-term relationships and we're not checking in like hey remember that thing we agreed on a year ago are you still feeling okay with that and do we need to change our boundaries and that doesn't happen. It doesn't. And there's like this fear around talking about it too. And it's just like with any conversation you're having, once you address what the issue is, you can actually talk about it and like solve some issues around it rather than just it being like the scary thing that people don't talk about. Yeah. So I find it really interesting that you said also in polyamory, like people, there is still levels of jealousy because I would have thought that as a polyamorous like interest person, you would have more uh, like a higher level of emotional maturity. But do you find that like it really doesn't matter? It's like a person to person thing, not necessarily a style. It's totally person to person. And sometimes it's like you can find a good community of polyamorous people that have that mindset, which is great. Um, but yeah, there's especially when I first started doing polyamory, I was trying to be like emotionally mature and have that high emotional intellect and like reading all the reading all the books that you're supposed to read and listening to all the podcasts and then had my first kind of relationship with somebody that had been in polyamory for a while and I think I was expecting those to be the things like having conversations and having conversations um, about sexual interactions before having them or about like figuring out what your expectations for a relationship are Um, and they definitely didn't initiate those conversations and seemed to want to hold a lot of space for it and so it's that like aha moment like oh okay just because somebody is like saying that they're doing something progressive doesn't mean that they're actually doing actions to to be progressive (laughs) yeah (laughs) that is so interesting because I can kind of equate it to what's happening in today's society where you say one thing and then you're not doing the thing that you're saying up front Interesting. I my theory is that that comes with a certain level of emotional maturity. Yeah, and like owning your shit. Exactly. Yeah, we all make mistakes. We're all like uh, trying to learn and grow. In yeah. The world. 
Yeah. And it's, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> okay, that's good to know for someone like me who's kind of curious of going into polyamory. I'm going to ask you one more, like, sure. t- type of scenario. Like, do you suppose that some polyamorous people claim that they're polyamorous so that they can be able to date whoever they want and avoid being, like, called a cheater, but they're still not doing the work? Yep. Okay. (laughs) It's a big issue for sure. (laughs) There's a lot of, like, unicorn hunters and one penis policies. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You just said a bunch of stuff. Okay. (laughs) Unicorn hunters. Um, Hold on. We'll get to that. Penis. What? Penis policy? One penis policy. One penis policy. (laughs) Okay. Let's start with unicorn hunters. Sure, sure. Okay. Um, so unicorn hunters is like uh, typically like a hetero cis male female couple, mm-hmm. and they're looking for a third. So they're yeah. looking for a female. So that's the unicorn, mm-hmm. and then they're hunting for their unicorn. And it's like usually pretty easy to tell that that's what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's like a little bit of. I don't want to say divide so much, but I guess there is a little bit of a divide between people that are fine with okay unicorn hunters and then people that find it um, inherently morally suspect that you're trying to find a person to fill a space as opposed to meeting a person, interacting with them, and then like deciding what kind of relationship you want to have out of that. You know, like having like a three-person relationship is not unheard of and is. Totally. It's perfectly fine, but right. letting it develop to that naturally is different than just trying to find somebody to plug into your holes. Yeah, it kind <laughs> of reminds me of, like, Pinky and the Brain. You know, like, what's on the talk of today? We're hunting unicorns today. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, okay, and so the one penis policy... I think I want to, like, make up my own assumptions of what that is, but I'm just going to listen to you, the expert, tell us what that is. Yeah, one penis policy is just what it sounds like. It's when, um, once again, cisgendered, hetero couples, um, I say hetero and, like, usually the female is bisexual. Sure. Um, uh, but, you know, that kind of, like, formation of a couple. Sure. Um, but, and the, the, like, the, the female of the group is fine to, like, go date. Um, the woman is fine to go date other women. But the, the original uh, man that she's dating is the only penis in the situation. Which yeah. you can see is, like, uh, you know, um, has its own issues yeah. in a multitude of ways. And is also yeah. pretty transphobic. <laughs> it's transphobic is that what you said oh yeah for sure because it's that assumption that like you're you can't date a man and then have penises so yeah 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 that seems pretty problematic i'm not gonna lie that's pro- yeah. pretty problematic. interesting i did not know all of these things so these are the types of things you talk about yeah on kinky yeah. talks tuesday you're not <laughs> you're not currently doing those Especially with it being around the holidays, wanting to, like, create conversations for people. You know, because it's such a stressful time. Just, like, creating more interactions with people. So that... Yeah. Yeah. Were people tipping you for those talks? No, but I did have a lot of, like, it seems like every time I did it, I'd have at least one person that would, like, follow me on OnlyFans. Okay, great. So, <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yeah. Just reel them in however you can. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Um... 
Yeah, so in October, I noticed that you mentioned not having the option to use the tool of burlesque, how that started to affect you, um, like mentally, if, if I could say. I mean, pff, I don't know about you, but I'm lots of this quarantine stuff has affected me mentally. Um, but I just wonder, was wondering if you could expand on that. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's been, there's been a multitude of things that have been really difficult about this year. Um, but definitely one surrounding burlesque is not like, in some ways I have found some outlets of like doing virtual shows, um, mm -hmm. and trying to focus on teaching more classes. Um, but like massively missing actually being on stage and being like a kinky slippers as a persona it feels a lot more vulnerable to be in my house and in my space and like inviting people in to to see a little bit more of my life and, and that feels a little bit more like myself as opposed to like my kinky slippers burlesque persona right. so it's it's been like a bit of a journey um realizing that all of these like this confidence that I had built up through burlesque of being like kinky slippers and being able to be on stage, be at a show where you already are in the environment and you can get into that, that feeling of power and strength, um, that there, when you strip some of those away and I'm not in the venue and having to deal with a little bit more vulnerability, um, that there's still like a lot of work to do there for like gaining confidence and strength and still being able to, um, yeah, feel confident in front of people, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Do you suppose that has something to do with, like, when we're actually performing, we're, like, up on this stage, right? We're, yeah. We're, like, there's our already this sense of, like, what's the right word? Of just, like, and maybe power. Power and comfortability, maybe, like, what you said. Because, like, I don't know, to me, stage feels like home. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like my house home. No, no. So, and you have like the lights behind you and um, the air of like people are already creating the environment and drinking where you have to like kind of artificially create that when you're doing a virtual show. Yeah. Um, to try to tap in and get that connection. It's yeah. Hard. Yeah. So what, I mean, you must miss being on stage I'm pretty sure that's given for the majority of people I talk to on this show but it just really came through in that post that I read from you like what what do you think are I don't know I don't want to say consequences but like the true deep effects of the trauma of so many of us losing like a part of ourselves yeah yeah it's it's gonna take a lot of um a lot of work to grow and build off of that, you know? I think it's um, another big part of that, which I've noticed more so with burlesque shows that I'm producing, is trying to create that connection, not just between the audience, but also between the other performers that you're yeah. there with. You know, you have like so many other, especially like for myself in this Portland community where we are really trying to build each other up and motivate each other and psych each other up for shows. Um, it's hard to do when you're by yourself, like trying to get your makeup on or have a new outfit and yeah. even buying something new. Like usually you have like your friends next to you that are like, oh my God, where'd you get that? that totally. So you know, yeah. You have to be your own cheerleader and it's fucking hard. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I, so the other day I was telling my mom, like, mom, I just can't do sex work right now because 
these clients require emotional labor for me and I'm just not in the fucking mood to put my makeup on and make dumb videos for people. I'm just not in the mood. And it's the longer this goes on, the less of the mood. I'm not in the mood more and more and more as time. Are you experiencing waxing and waning of in the mood, not in the mood? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, like, constantly a roller coaster of, like, having a ton of energy and feeling like I'm on top of everything and I can do anything and then just, like, plummeting and, I like, I can barely get myself out of bed. So. Yeah. I mean, I hate to say that I'm happy to hear that. Yeah, because there are some times where it's like two weeks have gone by and I'm like, okay, I've done nothing. What am I doing? You know? And I feel like, I don't know about you, but for myself, it's been this kind of like um, conversation for myself about like how much of that is me wanting to get things done, which it is. And then how much of that is like we live in a capitalist society where productivity equals our worth. Exactly. It's like way more of like, you know, pre pre COVID it's I'm still like, Oh, I need to get these things done because they have to get done, so I need to be productive. Whereas now it feels very like, What am I if I'm not producing constantly? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, what am I if I'm not seeing my bank account go up instead of down? Yeah. And um if my credit score is not constantly going up then Right. Then. Yeah, and credit karma I'm sorry, credit karma, you're a dick. Like, stop telling me how bad I'm doing at life, okay? <laughs> oh, my God, I got so pissed because I, I had a, just the other month had a bill. I, I always pay my credit card in full every month, and I'm just learning about the 30%, like, you can't use more than 30% of it, or otherwise it drops your credit score, I know. like, instantly. I know. I just found <laughs> out about it that, too, and I'm like, motherfuckers, why aren't you teaching us this in high yeah. school? Why are you yeah. making me find yeah. this out at 40 years old? Fuck you guys. Come on. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Fuck. Now everybody knows that I don't have a great credit score. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> um, I don't know about you, but even my bank account being pretty low, I still am sending money to our siblings who are out in the fucking cold these days. Yes. So I'd like to take a moment just to honor that and not complain about my white ass living in a two-story house complaining about my money problems. Yeah, it's it's definitely something, too, where not to, like, cycle around this, this COVID so much, but it's so hard not to. Right. But it's, like, my being able to survive has been so um, reflected by other people supporting me and supporting mm-hmm. the work that I do. Yeah. So it has been something where, like, I, much more freely and much more wantingly to like give back to other people sure. that need that support as well. Yeah. Um, where would I be if I didn't have it? Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thanks for, I just, yeah, I think it's really important that, um, and I, and I say this to any of our other community members that like, uh, yeah, we're all uncomfortable, but some of us are literally getting pushed out on who, out of our homes right now. So, um, I urge everyone to continuously recycle the money because some people need it way more than others. So, yes. Want to be fabulous? Just like these strippers pay attention. It's stripper tips.
What's your stripper tip, Queen? Um, so yeah, so I guess my stripper tip was not to let other people set your bound, set your limits, mm. um, which I feel like can be in a couple different ways of like, um, you know, setting your limits for what you want to do. Like, um, there's always going to be somebody that will pay you for the things that you're comfortable doing. So you don't have to push beyond those limits in order to get the booking for a show or to make money. Um, and then also setting your own limits for what you want to accomplish. Cause people are always going to tell you, you can't accomplish what you want. And they're full of shit. Of course you can. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Get ready for our rapid fire question round. It's time for four for one. Question number one, what's a home remedy you swear by? Oh, um, Um, oh man, I'm so sorry. I don't know why this one is so tough. <laughs> <laughs> you got um, oh, garlic, I suppose. I love garlic and everything and I feel like it keeps ticks away and it's great just eating garlic. I'm sorry. I have to do a follow-up question. Do you insert garlic cloves into your vag to clean it out? Uh, I tried that once when I was 19 and it was incredibly fucking painful and I never recommend anyone to do that. It's horrible. Okay. I suggested it. Okay. I'm glad I asked. (laughs) (laughs) Next question. Who's your favorite witch? Oh, um, uh, so I'm a charmed, uh, fanatic. Okay. (laughs) Almost embarrassingly so. Um, so, uh, Phoebe Powell is my favorite witch. Got it. I have no idea who that is. <laughs> what is your favorite thing to do with ice cubes? Ooh. Um, I mean, I guess just my first thought is just like ice cube to the nipple, like fun messing around. I knew it wasn't going to be something like put it in my water. I knew it would be fun. Okay. <laughs> Last one. What would you say to a family raccoons living on your balcony? You have your home, I have my home, you know, as long as we respect each other's, then that's fine. It's, it's all good. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> glad. Be kind to the raccoons. Yes, they need our help. I love it. Thank you. So we need everyone to know where to follow you, what shows you're doing, how to find out more about you. So say all the things. Yeah, so um, you can find me on Instagram at kinky underscore slippers or Facebook. I have my OnlyFans, um, which is, again, OnlyFans.com slash kinky underscore slippers. Um, I frequently am on Sanctuary um, every month. And then I also usually do a build your own burlesque show. So if you're on Instagram, you can vote and choose what costumes and makeup and things that people are going to wear. And then 10 days later, we have a show via Zoom that you can watch live or you can get the recording of so if you go to kinkyslippers.com you can check out that show as well that is so fun how does that work out for for all of you that do that it's different every time it's really exciting um i co-produce it with la petite mystique and it's been a fantastic uh production this is our third time doing it for december 19th is our upcoming show and it's great because we get to have a much like more diverse cast being able to ask people from out of state yeah. And then recreate that, like, reconnection with the audience that we're lacking doing these virtual shows by yeah. having them, like, pick out which outfits they like the best and suggesting songs. And sometimes I get, like, something totally unique and different that I would never normally do. And then sometimes I get them picking stuff that I've literally done a million times, which sure. is 
kind of crazy, but yeah. also flattering that people are enjoying what I do and don't think I should change too much. So. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like being in a band and being on stage and the like, people are like calling out what song they want you to <laughs> yeah, sing next. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I'm, I'm going to tangent a little bit before we end, but I think that, you know, we tend to as performers and like performers that like wear costumes and do themes, we're like, okay, well, I did that one theme, like that's done. And we don't yeah. go back to it. No, that's crazy. Just throw away that like few hundred dollar costume. No need to do it again. But, and the hours yeah, no, people, of choreography. and the... Yes, it's hard work. People love nostalgia. They want to see the, the same stuff that they've seen a bunch of times so that they can remember how much they loved it. Yeah. That's great. That is so innovative and unique. And I did see those posts where you're like, one, two, three, which outfit should I wear? But I didn't understand to what extent. I was like, oh, that's clever that she's, you know, it's a clever way to get more comments on her Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, though, isn't it? Not only are you engaging and getting more shit done on Instagram and on social media, but you're also allowing them to build what they want to see. That's just so innovative. I'm really impressed with that. Yeah, that's really tight. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you. Thank you for having me. You're it's so been welcome. such a fun show. I love this this format and your energy. It's, oh, it's thank you. Show. I'm glad. And thank you to everyone out there listening to Yes, a Stripper podcast. Be sure to send in your questions, comments, or concerns. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Hey guys, I just want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube at Yes, a Stripper Podcast. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitter at Yes, a Stripper Pod. Yes, a Stripper Podcast is produced by Mackenzie Mazel, Shelly Snyder, and yours truly, A.M. Davies. Be sure to email any questions or comments to yes, a stripper podcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to follow me personally, you can find me on Instagram at the queen of sexy. You can also check me out on my website, thequeenofsexy.com.